Welcome in to another edition of the Tapping the Keg podcast, episode 427, brought to you by Tapping the Keg Sports. It's all under one roof. It's graduated. The podcast is graduated. Here with Mitch, as always, on the Zoom. My co-host, my assistant, Lily, is joining me as well. Um, So if you hear her in the background, she's just excited to talk sports like all of us. Got a great show today. We're going to talk about a lot of different things from the Bucks free agency. The dust has settled. We have a few things to talk about. Are the Bucks better than they were last year at this time? Who's your top teams in the East? And the owners versus PJ Tucker stands. So those are our three things we'll talk about from the Bucks free agency stuff. We'll also get into do you want the one seed as the Milwaukee Brewers? They get set to take on the San Francisco Giants this weekend. And lastly, how bad are the Jordan Love takes going to be after family night on Saturday? Before we do any of that, Mitch, how how you doing, buddy? All in all, pretty good. Uh, honestly, the Bucks are still world champs. They can't take it away from us. So uh, it still feels kind of not weird to say, but like, yeah, exciting. Right. And, Did it? Uh, so can I ask real quick before, and I'll, I'll love to hear the rest of you, but how did you find Bucks Twitter to be obnoxious for free agency or like, how, how did you feel about the takes like that people pretty much just reverted back uh, to their old, we need another championship. Well, yeah, it, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a little disappointing, you know, I mean, I don't know, but at the same time, you know, we all want to get another one. Like you don't want to yeah. like, you don't want to, you know, you wouldn't want the players to be like, Oh, we're good. So like as, as fans, like fans, you're, you're not a part of the team, but like you're a part of the, or the organ, but you're a part of like the, the brand and you're the, uh, the, the ideologies of the team and the fans gotta be, gotta be all in too. So I guess I'd rather have it that way than like seeing more people be like, Oh, who cares? We're good. Um, yeah. One thing that's awesome about winning a championship though, is I feel like um, as Bucks fans, all the shit we've put up with over the last couple of years, like we're going to be, we have to be insufferable on Twitter um, yeah. as much as possible. I mean, that's not really my style, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, I'm still going to cackle at, at people that, that, you know, Giannis burner and people like that, that are like, just are anonymous and just don't give a shit and can just be complete assholes. It's going to be awesome because it's kind of what Toronto did a couple of years ago. Um, and still doing to this day i mean and still doing insight. still doing to some extent um even though our championship is better than theirs i would argue yeah um because we didn't have a hired gun in Kawhi leonard right um but you know they also dealt with injuries you know mu- i think much more devastating injuries than we, than, than we were afforded um and so certainly in the finals but anyway that's not what this podcast is about <laughs> i'm doing great ready to rock and roll Ready to roll. That's that's my guy. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting free agency to say the least. A um, lot of things have happened. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say the landscape has changed that much in the league. We're going to rank our teams here in a second, but the Bucks themselves, you know, when they started the season last year, so let's forget about PJ Tucker. Let's forget about Jeff Teague. I know a lot of you will be happy. They have brought back Pat Content, which drew a lot of ire uh, on Bucks Twitter. If you don't recall, Mitch, people were yeah. very upset that the Bucks mismanaged Pat's cap and that Pat was, you know, they gave him three years and it was to keep Giannis happy. 
all those takes, I would love to just read through all of them. I'm not saying yeah, I didn't probably have some. I'm sure I had some bad Connaughton takes. I think we all did. We all fucked yeah. up there. So like, but Connaughton came back. They added Bobby Portis. They added DJ Augustine, who a lot of us were excited about, if you remember. And they also added Bryn Forbes. And that was their mm-hmm. team. And now this version of the Bucks has another year of Giannis Antetokounmpo. You have George Hill rejoining the team. You have Rodney Hood. You have Bobby Portis coming back. And that's and that's your Bucks. And then the starting five back at it again. Thanos is back. Another year of Jordan Nora. Another year of Sam Merrill. Elijah Bryant's Maybe. there. Maybe. Right. There are a couple guys who could be on the chopping block. But I guess we'll open with this. Do you think this Bucks team is better today than they were last year at this time? Well, uh, I mean, probably at the at, at this time last, you know, not or you know, right before the season started. Yes, yes. right before the twenty twenty one season started. So not a calendar year. Per right. Se, yeah. 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 But, right. Exactly. Um, I know. I thought about that coming too, off the. Coming off the nightmare that was the bubble, yes. Uh, I think this team is probably better than that. Um, just because, you know, DJ Augustine, I guess we were, you know, we were hoodwinked by a little bit. Um, bamboozled, led astray, you know, the whole Stephen A. Smith bit. But just because he was, I mean, we looked at it. I we You probably could listen to the podcast from the following one after that weekend where he got signed. I think he signed – they signed Bobby and DJ Augustine the same day. I want to say it was like yeah, a Saturday. It was a Saturday. It was a Saturday um, afternoon. Yeah. So you can go back and listen. We were probably like, Oh, DJ Augustine. And I know we were, we were like DJ Augustine is, you know, a veteran, a solid guy, you know, can shoot the three. Um, he's a little undersized, but hopefully the Bucks team defense and, you know, the rim protection isn't going to, you know, kill you. Uh, maybe you can play him with Drew Holiday and, and it'll be, it'll be, he might, he, I think we might even said he, he would be in our closing lineup oh. to go into that season. Don't find I think those tapes. I might please, have said that. Please bury but, those tapes. We might need to just bury yeah. those. Um, Turns out DJ Augustine was, was not, he not was none really of that worth a hill of beans. Yeah. He, he was, was an unmitigated disaster for the Bucks. I mean, it was just DJ Augustine was kind of like in Bobby, like him and Bobby Portis were similar in the sense of like, are they just good stats, bad team guys, or are they actually yeah. good players? Bobby Portis right. turned out to be a good player. DJ Augustine yeah. proved to be the former, where he was just the guy who could get buckets on a bad team because there wasn't anyone else to shoot. So DJ Augustine so, was like, I'll take, I'll take 15 shots. Why not? Yeah, and he was just abysmal from three, which was going to be his one, right. his one job. So, I mean, so now you fast forward to, you know, this week and – it looks like George Hill is going to take that, that role um, that DJ Augustine once had. And then later Jeff Teague, where you're you know kind of the backup to Drew Holiday, who Drew Holiday, maybe not going forward early in the season is going to play 40 minutes a game, but certainly as you get later and into the playoffs, um, he's going to be playing, you know, 40, but George Hill's a guy where you can probably play him together. I'm sure you can. And, you know, the thing about George Hill is, I'm not as excited as I, I probably should be about George Hill just because he's he's 35 now. Um, I don't think he was that good for Philly. Um, if we had had this conversation pre-bubble, 
I'd be pumped if you told me that George Hill was going to be here for, you know, two years down the road yet as our backup point guard. But the bubble didn't go too well for him. Uh, it didn't go well for the team in, in general. And then, you know, he he left in free agency, I think it was. Or no, no, they traded him in the – They traded the him. He was, he was in the Bledsoe deal. I, I think the thing with George Hill, though, two things to remember. One, he's going to have less pressure on him than he did in 2020 or in 2019. Because Drew Holiday's there. There was not a Drew Holiday there. He, George Hill was part yeah. of the closing lineups for the Milwaukee Bucks in playoff games. George Hill will not be that this year. Right. I mean, maybe an occasional game here and there. But in the playoffs, when the chips are down, George Hill will – his role will be defined. It'll be 10 to 15 minutes, get Drew a breather, play, play with Drew, beat up the guy that Drew is guarding, and kind of work him and just make this, you know – 48 minutes of hell for whoever Drew is guarding. And and that's kind of a nice spot to be at. And you kind of forget, but George Hill had some massive games in the 2019 playoffs. Now, I realize two years younger, but I yeah. do think that George Hill will have less of a role, and that's actually a good thing because I just think there's a lot less reliance on George Hill having a good night off the bench. Now I'm yeah. okay with that. That's, that's, a, that's a very good point. Um, I guess thank you for that because no, you're welcome. Um, I, I, I wouldn't say I was disappointed in the signing. I I, I love him as a backup point guard, and right. I guess I just needed to think about it that way a little bit more. Just that you're right. There was a lot asked of him, probably more than he could handle. I would say yeah, because of Eric Bledsoe's sure. struggles, and you know, I, I wouldn't say it was all um, roses for Drew Holiday in the postseason. But I guess oh. at the end of the day, when it when it when it really mattered. You know, you weren't going to take him off the court because his defense is so elite, mm-hmm. um, you know, and and he's probably now going to eternally have the knowledge or the, the recognition for how good his defense is. Yep. And I feel like in years past, he's kind of been, you know, kind of buried in New Orleans and never really got the recognition. And this series, first team all NBA defense and, you know, obviously put on a clinic in the finals and just is kind of immortalized for his defensive and putting putting on a clinic in the, in the Olympics. Like he's had some moments in the Olympics where he's been dogging guys too. I mean, it it hasn't stopped. And I want to just really quick on Hill and then we'll move to uh, Rodney hood. Um, uh, He said, uh, Giannis made a comment to Eric name about how much they hated the bubble. Just the whole team hated the bubble and Mm -hmm. it really wasn't, they weren't really mentally healthy. And I think George Hill was a part of that as well. And so I just think he wasn't all there and I won't take that away from him. He also battled an injury as well, right out the gates and kept him off the, off the Oklahoma city uh, roster for a little while. So who knows? I think it'll be all right. Um, we did forget to also mention Semi Ojale also on the box now. Um, so Semi Ojale also added to that box roster. Um, let's talk. Actually, I know I said Rodney Hood. Let's talk about Portis first um, because Bobby, I feel like it's more important than Hood and Ojale. Um, Bobby, man, it's awesome that he's back. Um, it is so cool mm-hmm. that he decided to come back. Miami and my, the Mavericks were apparently trying to poach him for Shams. And um, he did decided he wanted to stay. And he's like, run the shit back. And let's go. And I think Ben Thompson said he thought the fans contributed to Bobby coming back. I don't disagree. I think that's, mm-hmm. that's part of it. And to have this guy back. I, and I also think there's needs, 
if he plays enough, I think there's a real conversation that would need to be have about him being a potential six man of the year candidate. I don't think that's out of the question for Bobby Portis. Yeah, I mean he's gonna he's gonna have to build off what he did and in, in the finals and obviously all season last year, um, he was very very solid off the bench. Um, could can fill in in the starter role when like somebody's hurt, God forbid, or if they need to give him a rest, you know, Giannis or Brooke or something. I guess Brooke doesn't really rest too much, but um, they they like to baby Giannis a little bit, but um, as they should. So, I mean, yeah, no, he obviously huge, huge resigning. He's become a, a beloved figure in Milwaukee sports. He, he probably matched or surpassed the Tony plush level, I think, um, depending on, I guess, what sort of scale you look at, you know, I mean, they, they won the championship, whereas the 2011 Brewers didn't with Tony plush, AKA Nigel Morgan, but he sort of was that guy where it was like everything he did you know, he, he seemed to come in the clutch and everything he did, people loved, you know, whether it was, I don't know, an offensive rebound, I put back uh, a couple big threes in game six in the clinching game, you know, early. Um, and, you know, just everything he did where he just, you, you really wanted him back. And for him to come back at the, the two years for 9 million, and I think it's the second year as a player option, kind of, almost I think pretty much the same contract as what he had last year um, declined the player option or whatever and went back on the market briefly, but to come back like that for that number is pretty, pretty special. Cause I mean, it, it allows the bucks a little bit of flexibility and it just, yeah, it shows that, that he, that he wanted to be here. He appreciated what the fans did and, and, and did for him and, and, and vice versa. So it was, you'd like to say it's a no brainer, but, you know, sometimes I, in a, look, in a, in a, in a business think, in a business world, you, you, you don't, you don't, you don't, you never know. I, I said it on the uh, the podcast when Bobby signed that he's talked on Rosillo's podcast. Like it sounded like he was gone. Like it sounded like he was like, I got to do what's best for me. Like I got to, you know, make this money. Like I only have one chance. Now there's some speculation in the Bucks Twitter circles that, Bobby was basically granted a promise from the organization that said, Hey, look, do us a solid one more year and then we'll pay you out and we'll, we'll make this happen for you in the following year. I don't know how much truth there is to that. I don't know if that played into the PJ Tucker stuff, which we'll talk about a little later. Um, But it's great to have Bobby back. And yeah, I think the biggest thing for him and biggest thing for the Bucks coaching staff is figuring out how do we play him with Brooklyn? Cause that's what they're going to have to figure out. They'll get three games to do it. Probably maybe four in the regular season. They need to give Bobby extended minutes in those games and try to figure out what works and what doesn't. Um, that's to me, the biggest thing I'm watching for this season. It, not, no, yeah. not the biggest thing for like the team, but the biggest thing for Bobby is like, can this guy, to your point, can he level up now? Like he's a fan favorite. He's had some big moments, but can he be like a routinely, eight to 15 points a game guy for the Bucks that, you know, and can maybe swing a couple games with his bench play. Cause that's what I think we yeah. would be leveling up. Right. That'd be how you win six man of the year. Right. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. That would be the next, the next step is um, being even more consistent, I guess, than, yeah. than what he was totally last season, which was, you know, it's tough to judge because I don't know. 
I think we, we had some debates about who was the sixth man for the Bucks last year, and I don't think I went with Bobby. No. But, I mean, I think what I said was, yes, that's probably my answer, and, like, on paper he probably is because you look at the scoring and all that, but it's, like, really, it's Pat Connaughton. Yeah. Because, like, literally he's usually the first guy off the bench, and, you know, I think the coach trusts him more, but it might be different okay. now. And Pat's so, probably still the sixth man. Let's be let's be real. But Pat and Bobby are as yeah. vital are, are as vital to what the Bucks are doing, and would both be major losses if, say, heaven forbid, they got hurt. So let's just put right. it that way. Other and guys, Pat, that, Pat, oh, Pat May, and this can this will segue into the next guy, I think. But Pat, because you know all all reports and everything I've heard sounds like Divincenzo is going to be out until like January or February. Wow, with this with this with his foot surgery. Damn. So, you know, Pat might start, but maybe it's Rodney Hood starting at the two. Yeah. And talk about another guy who has to stay healthy. Um, Rodney Hood, oh, yeah. really awesome ad if it all works out. I'm just really concerned about his injury health. I, I like the flyer and I know the Bucks have a really good training staff and I know Suki does an awesome job with keeping all these guys healthy and it's rare they have any soft tissue injuries. And so, and that's a credit to our, that's a credit to their training staff. They make it possible that the bucks aren't dealing with those hamstrings, those, you know, little tugs at your calf, stuff like that. They don't have a lot of that. And so now their goal is how can we make sure looking through Rodney Hood's injury history, how can we make sure that he stays, he stays healthy because he could be a vital player for Milwaukee. If you think about all the stuff he's able to do, he's a great corner three shooter. He can go off the ball. He can dribble a little bit. He's, what, 6'8", so he can play pretty much three positions if you want him to, a little skinny. But I do yeah, like – go ahead. He's probably not a power forward. Um, no, but no, but you could – could you put him against a, a, a four that might be a little bit out on the wing? Probably, right? Not like a banging four, but a four that's right. that's kind of hanging out. I'm thinking I got need, need maybe even Maxi Kleber. We an example there. Uh, yeah. Well, he's softer than Charmin, but yeah, so yes, that would Lori work. Lori in or yeah. like, or I, I guess like small, like a Jay Crowder. Yeah, he'd probably yeah. carry on with it. I mean, PJ. I, know, I haven't really seen. I haven't seen Rodney Hood play a ton. I'm not gonna lie to you. I mean, he was in Portland for like a year and a half, and he has been hurt a lot. But you know, it, it's kind of like you know, while you were talking, it's I was thinking like he kind of has a little bit of like what Bobby Portis might've had coming in where it's like, he hasn't, he hasn't really found a home in the NBA per se. Um, he played with Utah, I guess, for like the first what four years of his career, three and a half. He was really he good was with Utah. That, one of those yeah. playoff teams. He was awesome yeah. for Utah that year. And he had he played was, 79 he games. That, he was in that majestic LeBron trade with the, he was a part of that, that four team deal where LeBron basically traded every one of the teams. <laughs> and then Rodney Hood ended, ended up on Cleveland. Do you remember that when they had yeah. like Dwayne yeah. Wade and Derrick Rose and yeah. maybe Isaiah Thomas or something? They like they traded everybody. LeBron just was like, all right, um, you know, and they still made the finals that year. But I think Rodney Hood ended up on that team. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, the numbers look okay. They they were not great last year, but again, you know, he was he only played fifty five games, started five all for Portland. So. No, yeah, he played for I mean, Toronto. He, he played for Toronto for a little bit too. Yeah, but the five starts were for Portland. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, and yes, he did end up in Toronto, and I he didn't do 
anything for them. I mean, no, Toronto complete, at that point was just afterthought. Just trying to tank. He, the other thing to consider though is he did tear his Achilles last two Decembers ago. So I mean, mm-hmm. Achilles tear injuries are not the easiest to come back from. And you hope he's not washed because of it, right? But we'll yeah. see. And that will he could I think it's a swing thing, you know. But you also got to remember we, we didn't mention, but the, we thought how much did we think we were going to get out of Tory Craig this year? Like we thought yeah. last year we would get a, a good amount out of Tory Craig. Like oh, if he can just make a couple threes, like this guy's an awesome guy off our bench. Like it's kind of what we've been missing. So kind of Rodney Hood fits that like Tory Craig swing guy. The guy I was going to ask you is more Portis, even though he didn't play on a bad team. Is it Semi Ojale? So think about this. Like Semi Ojale is 26. All yeah. things that the Celtics people say, like the beat writers, talk about how great of a guy he is. Just say he's an awesome dude. He does what it's told of him. He doesn't give a shit. Like he's the team guy. And he can defend. He has a little trouble staying on the floor, but he's a beast. Like he's a big boy. And you put him yeah, with I mean, Giannis. You could you could put him with Rashawn Gary, I think, um, yeah. <laughs> across from him, and probably get a few sacks. Right, and so you have that, and he never really had a like role with the Celtics. The Celtics push and pulled him in so many different directions. We're like, we want you to be this guy, but no, no, no. We actually we want you to do this. And Bud is probably going to sit him down and say, "This is what we want you to do. This is how we think you can contribute to this team." And I actually think that's going to be great for him. Like I, I have, a, I'm buying some semi semi stock to start the year. I'll just say that now I've all the right to sell it just like I did with DJ Augustine, but I, I'm buying a little semi stock to start, start the year next season. Yeah. I mean, again, as long as the role is, is right for him. Um, I mean, if you look at and sort of just not even looking at the numbers, like my, just my per, per, perception of him, he's kind of like Brandon Jennings without the hype where it's like, he was, he was, I'm not going to call him good in his rookie year, but he was like visible in his rookie year, mm-hmm. like relevant. Yeah. And then he kind of just slowly faded to like, Oh yeah. Like I kind of forgot they had him, you know, by the end of his rookie contract. So, yeah. um, I mean, veteran minimum for him. I, I think he's gonna, he's kind of a similar stature to PJ Tucker, probably even bigger. I don't know if, if he has the lateral, quickness that tucker has or like just the sheer like intensity the dog tucker has yeah yeah i mean i I bet he does but like they might have to unlock that he's he's a little bit just from what i've seen i know he you know he's quote-unquote famous for uh shutting down Giannis in 2017 which is kind of laughable um in my opinion but that's a that's a different Giannis, and uh that's a that's a jason kid joe Prunty Giannis, which was stand in the corner and don't get in the way right um which is just sickening to think about i don't even want to bring that up but um (laughs) so yeah he's famous for that and maybe that's why i i sort of kind of disregarded him but um yeah i mean if you're gonna if you put a gun to my head and say would you rather have pj tucker at 7.5 million a year or semi ojale on the on the vet minimum for one year probably a tougher debate than than you'd think i guess on paper outside Whoa, looking in, you're thinking, look at that 
look at that spice my guy i love it I, if, if we did clips like that that's a clip right there like you clip that i mean i love it clip that I, for, I the, love it. for the for the for the youtube video yeah for the, uh, the twitter twitter cutout like absolutely like I, yeah. I love it. No, I mean, it's well, worth I, I'm considering. Not, I'm, not saying I'm, I'm not saying I'm going all the way there, but like, it's, no, you know, think, think about it. Like, would you rather have 36 year old PJ Tucker for two years at 15 million or 26 year old Shemi Ojale at the vet minimum? I don't know. I mean, time will tell, but um, I don't know. Just saying it's, it's maybe not as easy of a decision as, as some people want you to think, because all of a sudden PJ Tucker is, you know, when the Bucks got him, he was, washed up 35 years old the worst plus minus in the league you know does have some toughness I mean and there were a lot of people that lauded the move too so um but I'm just saying sometimes the, the Twitter perception is quick when now now he goes to Miami and Miami suddenly a title contender um but you know anyway we'll, we'll get deeper into that I'm sure later on in the podcast yeah I mean do you want to go to it now do you want to talk about it now I know we're going to rank our 10 teams in the east but do you want to go now let's just do it now fuck it sure yeah yeah Okay, so P.J. Tucker, you guys know, he was kind of became a Milwaukee legend. The dogs, the parade celebration, the partying at the harp. Everyone, I think, who's a club rat has a P.J. Tucker story. Um, I'm sure there are a lot of silk strippers who have a P.J. Tucker story. Um, and he was beloved by a lot of people. As I said on the podcast Tuesday, um, that I had good intel from PJ Tucker directly that he didn't really like Milwaukee. Didn't like the city. And I was like, this sucks to say it, but he, he didn't. He, he said, if I, if I resign, yeah. I'm going to live in Chicago and drive up for practices and games. And I was like, well, that's interesting. I don't know how that's going to work, but more power to you. Um, and I well, just Chuck, have, when you're doing a hundred, when you're doing, when you're doing 110 in a Lambo, uh, yeah. it's pretty easy. Well, right. It's a good point. It's a good point. Gets you, Lambos get you there quick. So anyways, yeah. so the timeline of it is all so weird. So we start out this weekend. Jake Fisher of the Bleacher Report, who I shot out, he did a really good job of a lot of nuggets and had P.J. Tucker two for 20. A lot of people had P.J. Tucker two for 20 for the Bucks. Then all of a sudden, it was like, you know, we got the sham saying P.J. Tucker two for 15 for Miami. And I think the heat part of it is what drove a lot of people crazy. A, he's a a guy that will fit with what Miami does. But if you really think about what Miami, the heat culture, there's really nobody more perfect than PJ Tucker for it. And PJ is a party animal. So to live in Miami, to live tax free versus cold ass Milwaukee. Why, why wouldn't you, why would you want to come here? I would probably take Miami. And I guess I'll ask you this. Do you think the Bucs actually offered B.J. Tucker a contract? Or do you think they kind of just told him to fuck off nicely? Uh, I have a hard time believing that they that they didn't offer him a contract. I, I do, um, too. Do I know if they went all the way to, to two for 20, which might have been worse? Uh, I don't know. But... I, I don't I haven't really planted my flag on either side of this of this uh of this heavyweight fight just me, because me either man this it's is kinda what... like it's it's first of all it's a business we won a championship and I think at the end of the day I didn't expect to get Tucker and Portis both back. Um yep. 
I would have been fine with either one. Probably we got one of them, Bobby and Bobby's a much more offensive threat kind of plays a different position, I guess, but um, you know, it, 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 it does amuse me all the time that when, when the bucks don't, you know, go the extra few dollars or whatever, it's all of a sudden, you know, referendum on will the owners pay the luxury tax, which incidentally, I believe they already are. Like, it's not like they're not paying the luxury tax. Yeah. This would put Um, it more in the luxury tax. I think there were people annoyed because this money could only be spent with PJ Tucker. It wasn't just mm -hmm. something that that could be spent elsewhere. But, and I think, I I think that, I think I agree with you. The Miami angle kind of makes it tough because they're one of our bigger rivals. I yeah. think, you know, just maybe not from a national perspective, oh, maybe from a national perspective, but, um, you know, they're one of our bigger, bigger rivals at the moment and that, that stings a little bit. It's a little, a little bit of a betrayal, but, you know, the other thing too, with, with that makes me, you know, sort of back the organization is like, as you laid out, like, if you really look me in the eye and ask me, would PJ Tucker rather live in Miami or Milwaukee? I mean, we're losing that fight every time. Oh, like, 100%. Same thing, with, same, same thing with Victor Oladipo. I yeah. bet you any money Victor Oladipo had the same one-year contract on the table from the Bucks, and it's like, well, I'm just going to stay in Miami then. So um, also, I, know, I know my friend Charlie here was was convinced that because of some sort of Instagram post that no, no, right here, but uh, just, I, I'll, I'll be honest. There's a guy I want now, um, a little more, um, which we can talk about in a second. Um, but here's the other question to ask yourself as a Bucks fan: If you take Mitch's premise where he says, I probably, we weren't going to get Bobby and PJ back. And it's known that Bobby had an offer from Miami. Would you rather have Bobby with the heat and then PJ Tucker here? What if the roles are reversed? Wouldn't you yeah. be a little more worried about Bobby with Miami? Just given how easy they make it for shooters. And I think that would, that would just, that would sting from just like a, an emotional standpoint. A lot oh, it'd more. be like that. that then. <laughs> I mean, that's like, that's damn near, that's damn near Johnny Damon going to the, going to the Yankees. Or Jack Grealish going to Man City. Like, you know, a little talking soccer (laughs) here for the boys. Um, But like, no, like that, I think it would, it would hurt a lot. But I actually think from a basketball perspective, I actually think it'd be worse for the Bucks. I think that would make the heat so much better because I think it would take some pressure off Bam. And they still haven't solved that problem, um, by the way. And so they got Dwayne like, Edmond back. Oh yeah. Dwayne, the leading scorer game too. Um, <laughs> fuck that to you. Dude, I'm I, so, fucking, I love, I, I love that Bryn Forbes outscored Jimmy Butler in that series. That is awesome. Yeah. I want to, I like, there are a lot of teams I want to hang 30 on and I want to hang 30 on the heat every time we fucking play them. I, they are our biggest rivals. You're right. They are our biggest rivals and that's why it stings. And that's why, but yeah, I agree. People go to the ownership thing like it's a security blanket, like it's fucking Linus and their blanket. Well, and they're like, oh, the owners, like, come on, guys. Like, you, I, like, this is the same thing when it's like we get mad about coaches and we're like, fire this guy, fire that guy. Can we just shut the fuck up for a little while <laughs> and just like see how the sport plays out? Like, we were all yeah. up in arms about Pat Connaughton. Again, I, I was too. But if we just would have shut the fuck up, we'd have realized that Pat got us a cha- helped us win a championship. Yeah. So there you well, go. Well, it's easy to say now, but totally. Oh yeah, yeah. totally. I, I mean, I, I mean totally, I, but... I've been, I've I've been in kind of Pat's corner. I mean, the whole time, just because it's like, 
I know he drives Pat his own nuts. He never left the Compton threes, Island. But he isn't, he's never going to kill you other than like airballing trees. And it's, it, he almost did kill us a few times. But It was interesting to hear him on part of my take talk about his airball threes. And like, yeah, I just get too excited. It's like, can you just settle down? Can we give you like an anxiety <laughs> medication a little beforehand? Just, just, just calm the nerves a little bit. Well, our superstar player couldn't even play for a couple times in those games because he's too hyped up. So I'll give Pat a little bit of a break. Yeah. For... Yeah. We got, we got to work on that um, too, but yeah, I'm not ready to kill the ownership for this. Um, I think they, uh, my opinion was, I think they gave PJ anywhere from eight to 12 for one year. And I haven't decided if like, besides the Instagram posts, if he's been subtweeting the Bucks organization through his, his IG stories. Um, he had, he had a gladiator picture the other day. And then today, or it was last night, he was uh, filming himself driving huge chains, listening to some people hate by Jay-Z, um, which is a great song. Forgot completely about it. I ended up starting to listen to the blueprint too, which I might have to just do a Jay-Z deep dive for myself, but I, I'm probably looking too far into it, but this is what you do sometimes when you have a podcast and a blog and, a bunch of content to create. You just start looking for shit to, to latch onto. Yeah. I, I miss that, but um, you know, yeah, it, 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 I don't know. I mean, there's some resentment, I think on, on my end that it's just kind of like, man, you had to go to Miami, you motherfucker, but that's all right. It's okay. We'll see ya. We're still going to slap him in the second round. That's fine. <laughs> And, All right. and, I, and if, if I, if I were at the game, happen to be at the game that, you know, Miami comes here and PJ gets his ring, that would actually be kind of sweet, wouldn't it? Yeah. Hell yeah. It would be. Cause it'd be right <laughs> in Miami's eyeball. It'd be right in Jimmy, exactly. Jimmy Butler's grill piece. Like, yeah. like Jimmy Butler, man, such a tough thing for me with the Marquette stuff. I've talked about this before on the podcast, but it's like, it's just so tough. Cause I like, I, I do like Jimmy Butler, but I also kind of hate Jimmy Butler. It's a, it's a weird Weird life I live. Speaking of Miami, yeah. the tampering heat, the the Miami tampers. Um, so if we had to rank your Eastern Conference, do you just want to go? Do you want my list first, or do you want it to go one by one? How how do you want to start do this? Um, you can just give me your list. I mean, okay, and you'll react. Try to, yeah, try to. Yeah, you stop, stop me, stop me as a, I got. So I go ten to one, or should I go one to ten? Probably just go one to ten. I got Milwaukee one. I still think they're the best team in the East. Yep. Yeah. It's fine. I do. Yeah. I, I can't trust argue. I, I can't trust Brooklyn until they're healthy. I have Brooklyn yeah. at two. Look, could Brooklyn easily be the one seed next year? Yeah, they could. I just need to see it more than eight games. I'm sorry. I just do. I it was getting my blood boiling. They're like, who's a more formidable big big three? Brooklyn or the Lakers on the jump free agency thing. And I'm like, you guys aren't going to just mention the Bucks here? Why shouldn't oh, no. the conversation be, does this big three rival uh, the Bucks? And then then the next topic was, like, who has a better legacy, Katie or Giannis? And Zach Lowe looked like he wanted to just self-eject himself. Like, I think Zach Lowe was <laughs> like, do I really have to talk about this? Do I really have to get into this? I love, um, I love that. I love when Zach Lowe comes on like those shows and stuff because it's yeah. like he's like he's like the nerdy dude that tries to hang at the cool the cool kids and he doesn't really he doesn't really sort of get what they're talking about you know a lot. I mean he does, but like he can't necessarily relate to the fucking bullshit. So like 
you know, or sort of, he, he doesn't really love playing the game like that all the time. He doesn't like have do. the carry the hell on catchphrase or anything like that. Right. Or so, can't anyway. pronounce Moses Moody's name. Um, but anyways, yeah. I, so I have Brooklyn too. Um, I put Philly third. I debated with Philly and Miami. Um, I'm Miami fourth. I just, I, Philly, man, I, how do you not get a shooter? Like, how do you not like at least try to get a little more offense? Noted Bucks killer Furkan Cormads is back. Um, they yeah. added Embiid's rival and Drummond. I have no idea how Embiid and Drummond are going to look together. Be interesting. Um, at the five, sorry, Miami at the four. Um, I just think Miami's a four seed. I don't think they're that, but that, that good. I do worry. Yeah. I do worry about like, whose ball is it? Like, is it Kyle Lowry's ball down the stretch or is it Jimmy Butler's? I think there's going to be some chemistry stuff with them. I know Spolstra does a really good job. He's a really good coach, but there's a lot of alphas in that, in that locker room. But, 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 but didn't you know that Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry are best friends for some okay. reason? All right. Yeah. It's like, it's yeah. like someone, it's like, it, you don't watch the challenge, right? On MTV. No. Okay. For those, this is a deep cut for those who watch the challenge. It, that show, like they'll always talk about how this guy's my best friend. That's my dog. Like that's, that's my guy. It's like, well, you guys did like one challenge together. Like, how the fuck are you best friends? So that's kind of what we got with Jimmy and Kyle. But I have them four. I got Atlanta fifth. So, so far, so far, the top four, I would say is pretty chalky. That's what I have. I think I would go, I think I, as of right now, do have Brooklyn ahead of Milwaukee just based on pure talent. But I, again, I'm not going to argue with you. I do love that we can hang our hat on that and say, you know, as Tristan Thompson once famously said, the East goes through Cleveland, East goes through <laughs> Milwaukee. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Until further notice, it goes through Milwaukee. Until further notice, right. the East goes through Milwaukee. Um, number five, I have Atlanta. Um, and I just think – I don't think it was a fluke for Atlanta. Um, I don't know yeah. if they'll ever get back to the Eastern Conference Finals, but I still think they're going to be a force to reckon with next year. Yeah, Atlanta, I have – I would probably agree with you at five because, you know, I think a lot of people are going to, are going to rush to put like the Knicks in there or no. the Bulls in there. Now the Bulls are going to be going to get real sexy here real quick. And, um, but it's like, yeah, Atlanta, dude, they are, obviously we got a firsthand look at them and I have no reason to think that they, they can't be a five or even a four seed next year. I mean, if, if Trey young can take a little bit of a next step, you know, uh, no pun intended and not, not roll his ankle on a, on a ref's foot um, at any point next year and take that next step. He's going to be, you know, they're going to be tough. And they got your boy, Jalen Johnson in the draft who that they kept, they kept, they now kept John Collins officially. Um, I mean, yeah, they're, they're, they're running it back with a team that's going to get better. Yep. Uh, my number six is spicy. I will admit that my number six is spicy. I have Charlotte. Mm-hmm. I look they if they they are really well coached James Bergago well, great mean, coach I will I will say that like basically after five it's going to be yeah a it's a crap shoot. it's going to be a it's a yeah. mess it's a mess but I just Lonzo I or Lamello excuse me wrong ball brother um Lamello I I really liked I think that they have a really fun roster I thought their draft was great with book Knight and mm-hmm. Kai Jones who Kai Jones doesn't really have that many skills, but he, he's a guy that just can go catch lobs from Lonzo all, or Lamelo all day. Um, two for two there on that. But, yeah, so I'm Charlotte six. 
I got Chicago seventh. Um, I have Washington eighth, and then Boston nine, New York ten. Okay. New York. Say that again for me one more time. Yeah, sure. Uh, Charlotte six, Chicago seven, Washington eight, Boston nine, New York ten. So I omitted Indiana for Boston last time. Yeah, man. The Celtics are interesting. Just because I think that people are really down on them right now. They also didn't do shit in free agency. Um, They probably didn't even have a draft pick. They got Ennis Cantor today, but that's it. Yes, that's the only thing they've done. So, so nothing. Yes. And uh, they do have Tatum and Brown still. Last time I checked. Yep. So I don't know if I'm willing to go six with them, but I could see like a seven. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe Boston has like what we now grant Brad Stevens a lot different than Joe Prunty or Jason Kidd, but maybe uh, Udoko is like he unlocks it and he like, and it all comes together. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a different, it's going to be a different vibe from Boston. It probably has a, they're just in a kind of a weird state of flux, but yep. um, most of their roster, I feel like, is pretty much the same. Yeah. Unless um, I'm well, no Kemba. No Kemba. I don't know, yeah. I don't know who their point guard is going to be, but uh, yeah, that's a good question. Marcus Smart, I guess. Yeah, maybe maybe they try Something. to bring bring Reggie Jackson back. You know, he's a Boston guy. Um, went to BC. Like, I don't know. That to me would be a smart ad if I were them. I. Uh, I was going to ask you, like, out of Reggie Jackson, Danny Green, or who's the other guy? Dennis Schroeder, who do you want? Schroeder. Is there any guy of the, at the mid-level that you'd want with, that, with, with either, of those, either of those guys for the Bucks? And my answer would have probably been Reggie Jackson, but I don't know. That, to me, seems like a no-brainer for Boston. Or I don't, I, I don't like Schroeder at all, um, way down on my list. But I would go get Reggie Jackson if I was Boston. You had Reggie Jackson, that – that hurts me more in like the, yeah, they have a point card, but their attitude yeah. of we're just going to sit on our hands and wait till next year. I think it's going to rub a lot of people the wrong way. Cause they were seven seed last year, but maybe yeah. they, maybe they think that they have the roster and that it just was a weird year COVID and everything like that. And Brad's the relationship with Brad Stevens, maybe they were just out, you know, and maybe, yeah. you know, it'll, it'll turn around. We'll see. I would probably go Bull six, Celtics seven. I do kind of like the Wizards eight. Yeah. Dinwiddie and Beal's fun, a fun little combo. So then you go Charlotte nine and New York at ten, and the New York ten, or Indiana. Does Indiana make make an appearance? Charlotte nine, and I guess it would be between the Knicks and yeah, I probably go Knicks ten. I guess. Like I'm yeah. like I'm a little bit more, but pay, the Pacers had it just a, a year from hell last year. I feel like they are better than than their record. That's tough to leave them out, but yeah, yeah, they have Carlisle. Um, I mean, the the thing with the Pacers though is kind of similar. It's like obviously a homeless man's version of Brooklyn, but it's like, can you guys stay healthy for like two months? Like if they stay fully healthy, yeah, they could be a six or a five seed at at best. But they never seem to stay healthy because they have a bunch of injury-prone guys. Sabonis has gone down for multiple weeks. Brogdon, we know. Uh, TJ Warren was, what, out for most of this season. Um, they, Yeah, those are your three biggest guys. 
and they all have injury problems. So that's where it's really hard for me to like put all my chips into Indiana. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's true. It's tough to leave them out. I do like Rick Carlisle and I do like their team on paper, but you know, as you said, it's just gotta be, I gotta see it. Yep. We, and we will see it um, in mid October. It's crazy that we'll have the NBA back and like, It'll be like it never left. Um, we'll have a little buffer here with baseball and football, and that'll be it. And so it'll be, it'll be good. And uh, Hopefully the Olympics are actually on NBC channels the rest of the way. I have no idea if they are. Um, just Peacock. Just what a bunch of money suckers the, uh, the NBC is. Just Peacock this, Peacock that. Like, shut the fuck up. I don't want to download your app. Yep. So that's a side rant. So moving on to baseball, our Milwaukee Brewers are also very good, Mitch, and trying to complete the what some are calling the Milwaukee sweep. Um, World Series contenders, great win uh, Wednesday afternoon with Rowdy Telez with a 3-1 bomb. Great quote from Rowdy after. I don't know if you saw that, where he's like, no. everybody was chanting my name. I got kind of emotional. Like, I haven't had that happen to me since my rookie year in Toronto. And like, just talked about how special it was and how, and again, Milwaukee, one of the greatest cities to be, a, be an athlete. Why would you not want to play here? The fan basis. Um, he had a towering shot off a lefty too. Um, and it was great, great way for the Brewers to bounce back. You'd hate to lose two out of three to the Pirates. And now they play the Giants this weekend and the Brewers can make some hay in the top seed in the, in the, in the uh, National League, not the Eastern Conference. Do you want it though? Because if you get the top seed, it likely means unless of a collapse, you're going to be playing either the Dodgers, the Padres, or the Giants in that second round versus the versus playing the NL East, whether that's Mets, Braves, or Phillies, as the Mets have kind of fallen off recently and are starting to come back down to earth. So I ask you, do you want the one seed or would you prefer not to not to deal with the NL West until the championship series? Uh, I mean, I'd probably just take the one seed. I think you just you just do it. Uh, I don't think the Brewers are in are in a position to be to be picky yet. I think I think if you can get it, which it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. Oh yeah. To get that one seed, I mean, you got the Giants this weekend, who, I mean, against all odds, are just a wagon. And um, I feel like the schedule for the Brewers, you know, I don't have it in front of me, but it's going to toughen up here again. It's going to harden a little bit. Um, but I don't know. I mean, the Cubs gave up. Cardinals are kind of just swallowing around and the Reds are not gaining any ground. The last, I mean, we talked about it. What that before the all-star break, that's like a month ago now. Um, yeah. you know, are you worried about the Reds? And I guess I shouldn't be because they haven't made any ground. They actually, though they did immediately after the podcast, they got the, the podcast jinx the brewers did i guess but since then it's just been at about seven and a half basically the whole way um which is pretty crazy like i mean the division i wouldn't call it in hand i would need to keep a seven game lead for another couple weeks probably and then i'd start to feel better but um yeah go get that one seed you know that nobody from the east really scares me the mets nope. made some moves and you know maybe javi baez is somebody who can energize them a little bit more and take them out of their out of their malaise they're in right now um 
but that NL, NL East is interesting. Um, but yeah, you know, the Dodgers are going to be, it sucks. The Dodgers got Trey Turner and Max Scherzer. Those guys yep. are like, they're probably two of my three favorite players in baseball. And now they're on the, the Dodgers who I don't like, I mean, they're the anti they're, they're, they're the new evil empire pretty much. I mean, I said it on a podcast. Like a, I don't know if I'm like, a, yeah, they're the, they're the Yankees. They're the Yankees of, of today. Like we, I, yeah. of yesterday, like we hated the Yankees. The Yankees were the team that every one of us hated as fans, as small market fans. And this is yeah. who they are now. Like, this is what, what the Yankees are. And it, they're, they just, it sucks. And it sucks that the Dodgers get this. Scherzer did give up a run in the first inning as we're taping. Um, but yeah, if the, so the Brewers will be three back of the Giants or two and a half back of the Giants if the Giants lose to Arizona. If they don't lose to Arizona tonight, the Brewers will be three and a half back. The Dodgers could be three back. So there is a chance where obviously the Brewers sweep the Dodgers or uh, Giants, excuse me, they could be the one seed. And yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. Originally, I was like, I talked to my dad and I was like, you know what? Don't don't get it. Like, you know, I'd rather just play the Mets or the Phillies in the first round. And then I, I realized, I was like, you know what? That's loser mentality. That's pre-Bucks championship mentality. Like, you're going to have to play these fuckers once. You could maybe even argue playing the Dodgers or Padres in the second round where it's five games might actually help you because you can bring out all your big guns. You don't have to extend to your bullpens. There's less chance of something dumb happening in one of those games. So I don't know. I, I, yeah, if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. And I definitely think the Brewers can beat the best. Like, I, I do think this team is really talented and up to something special. The COVID stuff's been unfortunate, but um, I think once they get past that. Just, yeah, get it over with now. I mean. Right. You know, typically what we've seen so far, so far the last year in sports, I mean, if, if somebody gets the cocoa, they're – they're probably good for knock on wood the rest of the season. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we'll see. I would just, I would rather, I would rather uh, get it over with now and, and, and deal with this, I guess, you know, obviously this weekend is a tough series, but you've had Pittsburgh a couple times. I think you have Pittsburgh again next weekend. Yeah. Crazy um, enough. So I, then I think we're done with Pittsburgh. We've played them a ton in the last six weeks. Yeah. So, the- um, the Brewers, actually, I looked it up for you. Um, their strength of schedule for the rest of the way, they rank 24th. Um, and they have the second easiest schedule of any of the NL contenders, or third, actually. Uh, the Phillies are 27th. The Reds are 29th. So the Reds have the, one of the easiest schedules going out. So that could help Cincinnati. I mean, they're only four back of the Padres in the wild card. Um, it would be wild to think that the, the Dodgers or Padres wouldn't get into the playoffs, but that would just that would be nuts. So, well, what if? I mean, technically, neither one of them could. Yeah, I mean, if, if the Reds would would spoil the party, right? Yeah. So, and it, for pitching matchups this weekend, we got Corbin Burns against uh, Logan Webb uh, Friday night. No word on the starter on Saturday. It was supposed to be Anthony DiScalfani, an old friend who had killed the Brewers, but he must have got hurt in his last start because DiScalfani 
is not listed anymore against Brandon Woodruff. And then Brett Anderson versus Johnny Cueto on Sunday, a game where it'll be hot. So both those guys, a lot of old friends though, Johnny Cueto. Um, I've definitely been at a couple of breweries. This will not be my first brewery game that I've seen Johnny Cueto pitch at. Headed to the game actually on Sunday with uh, with the fam and Morgan. So looking forward to that. Should be good. Have club level seats, air conditioning. Can't can't hate that. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that's that's perfectly acceptable. That'll be that'll be a good one. I mean, the yeah. Giants are good. Yeah, I know. I think I I'd have to look back, but I I went to a CC Sabathia start with my dad, and I think they're playing the Reds, and I think Cueto was pitching, and CC had a home run that day. We I think he was the only offense. I think we won one nothing or one like two one. We blew it in the ninth, and then Dusty Baker did something stupid, and we won it in the tenth. It's great. So, yeah, they Giants. They had Chris Bryant. I mean, oh yeah, it's uh. It's that's really their only significant move, I think. Um, but yeah, that's they a just, pretty significant one. Yeah, you just got dudes, man. I mean, you look at that roster, you got Austin Slater, you have Chris Bryant, Wilmer Flores, former Brewer, people forget, uh, Donovan Solano, <laughs> uh, Muir Stuban. I don't know if he's actually on the, on the roster. I think he's hurt right now. He's uh, hurt but, right now, I believe. Yeah. So Mike Yastrzemski, who's been very good. Um, they just got back I, Alex Dickerson, who was a big player for them last year. So yeah, I I think I think we'll we'll definitely learn a lot, we'll learn a lot about this Giants team, who I think is still a little bit of an unknown to the masses. I was talking to our good friend National Media Murph today, uh, stopped by, and I was like, can you believe that we do not have any of the Brewer Giants games on TV this weekend? Yet the Mets and fucking Phillies are on every day, every day this weekend. He's like media markets, man. And I'm like, you know, can you just be a human once, once in your life here? Um, <laughs> he's right. But I just don't know how fans would rather watch Mets Phillies for three. They're on three different channels, Mitch. They're on ESPN. Yeah, MLB Network Friday, FS1, probably. No, ESPN Friday, ML, uh, FSN Saturday, and TBS on Sunday. How the fuck are they on three different channels? It's Mets Phillies. Media markets, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's bad. Well, and the Mets and the Phillies won't be starting a guy named Darren Ruff, probably. (laughs) So, um, there you go. Uh, But fucking Velez. To wrap it up. Uh, so we have family night this weekend. Um, just a reminder to everyone who's says family night's boring or anything like that. It's not for you. It's for the kids. It's for people who can't afford to go to Lambo. Um, this, this game, this is not, it's a practice. It's yeah. We might get some 11 on 11 that got some uh, media members dicks a little hard today. Um, with a mic from Matt, from Matt LaFleur. Um, I want to see Eric Stokes race, uh, Marquez Valles Scantling. But really where I'm here for in family night is the Jordan Love ridiculous takes that are going to come out of it. Because you know there are going to be not only sports radio, but just callers that will have their Jordan Love opinion signed, sealed, and delivered after one family night practice. Yeah. I mean, there will be. It's just the Jordan Love noise. I'm just warning everybody. The Jordan Love noise is going to get really loud in the next couple weeks with preseason starting. It's going to oh, yeah. get really loud. It's going to get turned up quite a bit. Um, and 
it's kind of weird that the Packers, as much dysfunction as they had this offseason, everybody's like chilling and just like looks like a unified team and no one gives a shit right now. And yet everyone else in the NFL has had had some sort of problem. Not everyone else. That's a little dramatic. But there's like little thing, little fires popping up all over the NFL that aren't related to the Packers. It's like, it's nice. It's nice to not be the focal point. It's like, it's nice that our coach didn't make us run hundreds in pads like Joe Judge did <laughs> or have 60% of our team vaccinated like uh, the Vikings or the budding quarterback controversy between Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo. Like Brewer, Packers are just chilling, man. They're just in a good spot. So I, well, I, yeah, I, I mean, they usually are. They usually are this time of year. They're in a, they're, you know, everything's hunky dory typically up at, up at 1265 as a lot of the radio people like to say. At Red uh, China. Yeah. Yeah. Not so much anymore, but yeah. Thanks to the, the, the late grade Ted Thompson uh, moving on. Uh, that's sort of the, the, the flow of information has increased a little bit, but uh <laughs> Oh man, I almost I almost made a I almost dovetailed and dovetailed into a a, a complete derailment. But do you want I to? I mean, we're I mean the but, show's over. Do you well, want to derail? Yeah, I I watched this Netflix series called How to Become a Tyrant, and it's it's about like all the dictators of of and the, like the final episode is about North Korea, which is like like obviously the worst and most strict like dictatorship of of all time, and it has been for for years and years and years. And they were talking about how, you know, how they just control the information completely. And, you know, the, 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 you know, their country has no idea of the outside world even. I mean, that's how strict it is. And it was really interesting, but um, yeah, that's, you know, I don't think it's that bad anymore up in Green Bay, but I, I do think it was um, certainly at the end of, of Ted's, uh, of Ted's tenure where it was just, you know, he did what he wanted and didn't listen to anybody else. And it just, it got, it got really bad there, but um, yeah, no, everything's, everything's pretty good up in green Bay right now. I mean, Rogers talked on Wednesday and you know, it's, it's not New York. So it's going to, it's not going to be 24 seven with the, with the Rogers versus the organization stuff, which is one, one nice thing about, you know, living here is, you know, it's not New York where it's just where it would just be constant questions about that. Like you can actually talk about X's and O's once in a while and, you know, some of the more interesting stuff. Um, maybe I got my head in the sand right now, but about it, but it's like, I don't give a shit anymore. Let's just, let's just, let's, let's get through the season and figure it out. And yeah. it's kind of what seems to be, I think Rogers is pretty good at, at, I don't know. I think, I think people probably gained some respect for him with his, he was about as candid as you can be at a press conference that first mm -hmm. one. I mean, that was, yeah. that was pretty good. I mean, you know, obviously some people still want more. Some people still want, are you, are you mad at Goody? I mean, they're, 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 they're getting, you know, Rob Domofsky likes to ask, he asked that one today, I think, where it's yeah. like, what's Rob. your relationship with Goody? And it's like, okay, we get it you know, they're not, and it actually was an interesting answer from Rogers. Um, but you know, as I've told you, I'm, I'm not I telling told, him to not do his job, but no, 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 Mitch, like, as I said, they got to milk this cow until we're going to hear shit about this until after week four. 
it's the first four weeks. We'll hear a lot of it and then it'll kind of go away and winning will take care of a lot of it. Packers yeah. start out four and oh, no one's going to mention any of this. It's going to be our Packers Super Bowl contenders, are the Packers best team in the NFC. Can they rival Tampa? Who knows what Tampa will be doing at the time. And if they start one three, it'll be should they trade Rodgers at the at the deadline. That will be out there. If they're one three, even if they're maybe two and three, you're gonna get like trade Rodgers takes. I guarantee you. I know how this shit works. The NFL is a very easy media to I wouldn't say manipulate, but you can just know what gets people going. You know what drives the clicks. David Bakhtiari always does well clicks wise. You always get good content from David Bakhtiari. Um, and that's also Demosky. It was like, well, if Jace DeGura just came back from his ACL injury, it means uh, Bakhtiari could come back in, you know, week four or week five. They play totally different fucking positions, you clown. Like, it's not, it's not apples to apples. So, um, but yeah, Josiah DeGura is yeah. back, uh, which is nice. That, that could be a little lift. Kamal Martin, a little outside linebacker. Joe Barry seems like a complete psycho. Um, I don't know if you've seen some of those where he's like, yeah, the guy's like in the huddle, like ready to play. Like he like fell down in a, in a drill to show, like to act out how players should react to this. Like he sounds like just a complete football guy. So it's good. Well, we haven't, we haven't had a psycho like that. If we need to fair. fight some, we just need some guy to be ready to fight Dan Campbell if need be. Like I just need, fair. we need a fighter against Dan Campbell if it's needed. Dan Palka is real. Yeah. I like that. I like that. But I was going to say that between like him, Dan Campbell, Joe Judge, like this is kind of the time of year where like that the coaches and, and the head coaches can kind of kind of get away with murder. I mean, yeah. they can be the hard ass football guy where it's we're in fucking training camp. Blah, 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 blah. We're on hard knocks. I got to say all this cool shit. And like, I feel like once like you get into the season, it's probably much more calm, much more. OK, these guys are we have our team. Like these guys are grown men. Like I'm not going to act like they're, you know, 15 years old, you know, sophomores trying to make junior varsity or something. You know, it, it, I feel like it's a little closer to high school football this time of year. And then pretty quickly, once they start probably playing preseason games, it gets probably a much more relaxed. So yes, that's cool. But I feel like every coach is going to look like such a hard ass, you know, the first couple of days of training camp where, you know, you know, especially like now it's much more normal this year than it was at this time last year. And like, I'm sure coaches that just, that kills them, you know, all the, all the COVID stuff and it just, it sucks for them, but you know, they, they want to show off a little bit this time of year. Oh yeah, absolutely. I was going to read you some takes and I couldn't find the tweet. Um, Chris Long uh, quote tweeted our guy in quotation marks, Mike, Mike Floria. Um, but Chris Long, oh, <laughs> what was it? Oh, because Dan Campbell was, quote, fired up to see a fight at Tuesday's practice. And then Chris Long, quote, tweeted, you did thought he'd punched a baby on Twitter. Because you look at the replies and people are like, fightings during practice shows a lack of discipline. Also, Young Bucks, not a good look. I don't know, young, is Young Bucks effect, offensive? Um, the guy who also tweet who also quote tweeted that was wear a mask again, lawyer. Um, and he has a lion shirt on with some tucked in khakis. So we want to know where this guy sits. I we we just says it all. Um, people people are all mad about people fighting in training camp. The and I and I'm not one of these guys, Mitch. 
But if you haven't fought in training camp, like if you're bitching about fighting in training camp, you haven't played football. Like simple as that. Yeah. Like I've got, I mean, I don't well, think I ever, you just do dumb shit during training camp. I'll admit it's something here agreed. on this, on this podcast. I did something very regrettable in training camp. I was an older athlete. Um, we had a small height, small backup quarterback. He was very tiny. And during warmups, I just decided to run him over just because. Like, I just ran him over. <laughs> like, I just completely cleaned his clock. It was terrible. I felt like an asshole. But sometimes you just loosen, you got to loosen shit up. And that's what I did. I mean, I got into a fight with a good friend, Mach, during, during the season, during, tra- during the practice week. Sometimes you just get a little feisty, man. It's fine. Yeah. Grow up. I agree, but there's also like the entire team fighting, or were that? I mean, that could. Oh, been that was bad. Blown, but... No, no, no. The Joe Judge, the the Giants thing. Like we were doing a Giants podcast right now. That would be like, are we worried about like the Giants team chemistry and like just like they got to keep it together? Like because Daniel Jones was on the bottom of that, and that was where Joe Judge lost his mind because like you know you get your quarterback like he breaks his foot because like a fat ass lineman steps on him. <laughs> like if they got into, if the Packers got into a big fight and that TJ Shelton guy who might be the heir apparent to Howard Green, some are saying, um, he, like if he steps on Roger's foot, like, I mean, holy shit. Right. And that would be the same with the giants, even though Daniel Jones is nowhere near in Aaron Rodgers' stratosphere. He's still like their franchise quarterback for the time being. And yeah. that's why George went crazy. Um, not necessarily that they were fighting. So, but yeah, just grow up. If you get mad about training camp fights, like don't even be a football fan. I'm serious. Just turn it in. Go watch another sport. So that's what I got. Speaking, of, speaking of training, speaking of training camp, it looks like the Warriors two two prized uh, first round picks are tore it up in summer league tonight on Wednesday night. So um, now tomorrow on first take, it'll be, is it enough for Bradley Beal? <laughs> uh yes you gotta fucking love it man gotta love Kamingo look Kamingo was looking pretty good though uh he's an athlete but they all look good in in practice jerseys uh, yeah absolutely we'll we'll see we'll see if they're able to to get it done um and yeah the summer league I don't have any summer league bucks takes for you uh it's Dude. uh they're 60 to one to win the summer league title. If you're into that sort of thing, I don't think they're, they're going to do it. Do you see who the Blazers have on their summer league team? Uh, no. Michael Beasley. Nice. Kenneth Fareed. And Emmanuel Moody. <laughs> trying to get, trying to get Lillard some help. <laughs> Next on first take. Is super cool B is a, enough of a big big three with him and CJ McCollum? That's next. Well, I mean the Blazers, the Blazers free agency moves were very underwhelming. I so. mean, they gave Norman Powell ninety million dollars. Like, I love Norman Powell, but holy fuck! Like, I mean, this is the same organization that gave Evan Turner seventy five million. So, should yeah. I really be surprised? Yeah, the. Yeah, I mean Norman Powell is going to be one of those guys where you look you in five years you're on spot track and you're like that fucking guy made 190 million dollars in his career. I mean that's that's it's wild, man. It's, it's some of these guys. I mean Norman Powell's good too, but yeah, that's 
That's quite a bit. That's the same contract that I'd rather give that to. I'd rather give that to Norman Powell than Duncan Robinson, though. But yeah, that's easy for me to say. Yeah, that uh, we shall see, and we'll see what what happens with uh, with that. I would probably go Powell over Robinson. Duncan Robinson, ninety million is also crazy. Good for Duncan though, yeah. and retire and then do his podcast. So yeah. that's that's all the dream. If I had ninety million in a podcast, boy, I'd be fucking living. I'll tell you that much. But I'm not. So, but I'm here with you, which is always a good time. So we'll be back next week. We'll uh, probably talk Brewers Giants. We'll get ready for the first pack of preseason game. Talk about that. And who knows what else? You know, maybe the Bucks sign somebody else. Maybe they don't. Maybe find more information out about the whole PJ Tucker fiasco. We'll see. Um, and yeah. you know what we should do next week? Um, we I we should have maybe mentioned it. At, we're way past. But I maybe not next week because it'll be passed. But the Lando Tucker, Greg Gard stuff, just fascinating. Um, hilarious story. Have you followed that? Nope. Oh, good thing we're not talking about it. No, that's great. I'll tell you after. That's okay. All right, guys. Take care of yourself. Have a good one. Bye. See you.